how's life been treating you? Um, you know, it's been good. Um, it's snowing here today, <laughs> and uh, I'm okay with that because I love winter. So. All right, man. Good deal. How's life with you? Well, it's you know it's kind of the same. You know, I kind of been sick of winter the last couple of years, but this year I'm kind of excited for it. Yeah. It's been kind of charging me up. So um, so that's that. Um, you know, uh, trying to embrace the, the the present. You know, my first question was how your day was, and you pretty much just answered it. So. Uh... <laughs> When Anti-Frag started in 1988, it only lasted for a little bit. What made you restart the band? Well, you know, at that time, myself and Pat and my sister Lucy, we had had various bands at that time. You know, we were always involved in playing in bands in one form or another. Pat was in a couple of different bands at that time. I was in a couple of different bands. So was Lucy. And so, you know, that was a project that we were trying to do together. And ideologically we were all on the same page and the anti-flag idea had been kicked around so whenever we decided to have a band together we all decided that that was a good idea and you know just for various reasons that lineup didn't work out my sister moved to another city and pat and i actually moved to another city as well and uh for a short time and then we came back to pittsburgh so there were various reasons that that lineup didn't work out and but pat and i were always committed to the the ideology of anti-flag and the idea behind the the name and the, the statement anti-flag. And for that reason, him and I decided to um, not give up on that name and, and try to recreate that project just working with, uh, working with some different people. I read that the members of anti-flag are pretty much straight edge, and you have a song called Drink, Drink, Punk. Is that pretty much mocking people who drink? No, um, you know... We grew up in a pretty diverse scene um, in Pittsburgh, and it was a small scene, and there wasn't any room for elitism in it because it was such a small scene. And you had, you know, the straight edge kids and the drunk punks and, you know, the emo kids and the hardcore kids. Like, pretty much everybody hung out together. And, you know, like we were seen as the straight edge band. You know, we were like the local straight edge kids in town. But, you know, we were really good friends with the drug punk band and whatnot. So, um, in a way, that song, I think, is more of a tribute to our friends who were drinkers uh, than it was to mock people. I mean, in general, I think the song pokes fun at the punk rock scene in general. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's some tongue-in-cheek, uh, you know, about, about things in the punk rock scene that are kind of funny and kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But... There, you know, sometimes it's the funny and ridiculous things that make a scene awesome and make it special. So, it, but it was never a song that was meant to put anybody down, even even when we were taking some shots at, you know, kids being drunk at the mall and <laughs> hoping that their mom and dad don't notice that they're drunk, you know. I mean, it's it's kind of poking fun at those things, but at the same time, you know, it wasn't meant as a criticism or wasn't meant to, to put anybody down. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, I, I just feel the need to, to interject that. Okay. You know, for, I believe in the end, you know, that people, you know, I think it's important to respect our differences, especially within the punk rock community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the punk rock community I don't agree with, but, you know, as long as they're good people and they treat other people respectfully and are good to other people, mm-hmm. I'm willing to, you know, uh, I'm willing to coexist with them Definitely. and, uh, you know, uh, and defend their right to be different, you know. So 
in that respect, you know, I think that I don't feel comfortable saying that I'm better than somebody because I don't drink and I don't use drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, and furthermore, I think that that would even be a ridiculous statement for somebody to make. I mean, right. we all make our own personal choices, and I, I back people's right to, to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, and I, I would hope that people would respect my right to not use drugs or drink. I would hope that people wouldn't look at that and automatically um, cast some kind of broad net over me and assume that I'm a particular kind of person without even talking to me just because I don't drink or use drugs. Has Spaz had another house destruction party? <laughs> you know, I, I was actually just in the neighborhood of the house destruction party over the weekend. I hadn't been there for a while. I, I hadn't walked past that house in a long time. I saw a guy coming out of the house <laughs> and I wanted to go up to him and ask him like, hey, you know, like, what's it look like in there now? You know, it's <laughs> been a lot of years since it's been a punk house. I was with my girlfriend, and I was like, oh, I'm going to run up and talk to that guy, and she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was pretty funny, but um, he got away before I could before I could grab him, but um, <laughs> the house itself now, it looks like there's some kind of architectural firm in there, so I think probably what happened was they, after the house was wrecked, they must have sold it off to some kind of commercial business to fix it up and put an office in there. As far as Spaz, Spaz does various things, but he, he has not had a house destruction party, but um, he's had many a party since. One okay. of the, the best parties was a party where Spaz decided that when he got to a certain age, he was going to declare himself dead. <laughs> and he, uh, so when that, that day came around, um, there was a birthday party in which Spaz laid in a coffin, and it was a funeral slash birthday party. And, it was, it was pretty hilarious. Wow. Uh, definitely, he's, he's a very creative character. Who would you f- say your favorite superhero is? I want to say the Silver Surfer because that dude just looks like a badass. How about Superman? Because he stands for freedom, justice, and the American way. Have you seen Superman Doomsday? Uh, I don't think I have. No, no, actually, I didn't. Did you guys see it? Yeah, I'll, re- I'll really recommend it. It was really cool. I'm definitely going to see it. Like, uh, I'm definitely a sci-fi fan. You know, like, uh, so, yeah, that's definitely something that I meant to check out and never got around to. But I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of that. Maybe I'll even rent it tonight. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? I think the very last one. Not necessarily because it was the best, but just it had some badass motherfucking battle scenes in it. That was, that was a pretty awesome movie. When I really, really seriously think about it, though, I'm going to say Empire Strikes Back because there was all like this inner personal turmoil, and uh, you know, Luke finds out that Darth Vader is his father, and it's it, that was awesome. <laughs> you guys have a record coming out in early 2008. How is that going to be? I, I'm hoping that the record will show progression for the band. I mean, I think it does. You know, we're done with it. We're I'm actually on my way to meet the guys now. Um, we're gonna we're discussing the sequence of the record and what songs are going to make it and what songs aren't. We're not going to put on every song that we recorded. You know, I think musically it shows progression. I think that the lyrically and song content and song topic. Uh, in all those areas, it shows progression, um, but it still sounds like Antifa. I think it's still got a lot of piss and vinegar to it. 
cool. even though it's got some really, I think, beautiful parts integrated into it as well. We really wanted to make a record where where we, we took a step forward, where we tried some new things. And even, you know, what I think is interesting about this record is even the songs that would be considered like classic, like hardcore punk songs, I feel like we took them into a different place where hardcore punk songs don't normally go. And then there are some songs on there that are a totally new direction for Antiflag. Like we, one of the things we wanted to do was take orchestral instruments and work them into our music in mm -hmm. a way that, you know, we hadn't heard any punk bands do before. Yeah. And I, I think that that's something that we succeeded in doing. You know, it's, it's something that's uh, in interesting, uh, but it's also edgy. It's also exciting. So I feel like we succeeded in what we set out to do. I'm really happy with it. Uh, hopefully, you know, the general, uh, in general, most people will, will uh, find something good in it, too. Cool. Do you have a uh, title in mind for it yet? It's called The Bright Lights of America. Cool. If Anti-Flag had to play their last show, what song do you think you would close with? I guess, you know, it would be Die for the Government, because Die for the Government is a song that I've played more than any other Anti-Flag song, probably. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, in a way, it's sort of like the cliche Anti-Flag song at this point, you mm -hmm. know. It's, um, and, and then there are nights when I have to play it, and... I, we start the song, and I'm like, oh, man, here we go again. You know? <laughs> but one thing that I always find incredible about Die for the Government is that by the end of the song, I'm having such a good time that I can't believe what a good time I'm having, especially quite often when we play Die for the Government, the stage gets rushed. And before you know it, there's 200 kids on stage singing along. Awesome. And, um, and, and you just can't beat that. Mm -hmm. I mean that much energy and, and that much camaraderie and it's it's the most organized chaos that you will ever see i mean it's it's such a good time so in that respect you know i that's how i would want the very last anti-flag song to take place where the guitar amps are about to get knocked over where i'm having to stand on top of pat's kick drum because it's the <laughs> only place left for me to stand and play i mean that's that's pretty much how i want it to go down cool also a random one if you had to choose any song to be on guitar hero which one that would that be probably one off the new record no, just, but of course you guys haven't heard the new record so that doesn't help you very much that's about depleted uranium as a war crime that to me sounds like a guitar hero jam you guys have your own record label, AF Records, but you've released records on different labels. Why did you do that? There's a different reason for every single record on every single label. You know, I, in, in general, to answer your question, I mean, there is the issue of you meet people and you become friends with them and you like them and you want to work with them because you're mutual friends and, uh, you know, you think that it would be fun to do a project together. So there's, there's that aspect of it. You know, then there's, then you can, I think, get into the more kind of diabolical and, uh, and and mercenary reasons of it where, you know, for instance, like working with a label like RCA, we're taking a bunch of money from a big bad corporation and using that money to say things that we think are important. Um, and, you know, it's also giving us access to a much broader distribution network. There's various reasons, but I, I think that in general, that sums up 
why we would work with a FAT or a BYO or, you know, on the other side of it, why we would work with an RCA. That, that said, I do have, you know, I've just called our, I've just called Sony and RCA a big diabolical corporation, which, which really Sony is. But, you know, it's interesting because RCA itself, um, we were pleasantly surprised by working with RCA. It's been such a great experience. I mean, there's even though RCA is owned by Sony, it is there's people who work at RCA who are people who are into music, the people who are you know who are excited to work with our band. And like for example, I mean, if you guys had to get a job to support yourselves, and you could work at RCA Records, or you could work at McDonald's, or uh, you know Target or something. My guess is that my guess is you would probably work at RCA because you guys are into music and that's what you like to do. That said, you might tell them all to fuck off, so I don't want to put words in your mouth. But I think that a lot of the people who end up working at labels like that are really cool people. They're interesting people, and they're luckily in 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 our case at RCA who really believed in a lot of the same things that Antifag as a band believed in, so it's been really easy for us to work with them. But, you know, there's, there's positives and negatives to every situation. Um, a lot of people have criticized you guys for signing to RCA. What would you say to them? You know, we're a couple years down the road with RCA now. I would say that the reasons that we signed to RCA have, have played out to be accurate for us. You know, we, we thought going into RCA that it would give us an opportunity to reach a greater audience, to get our music and our ideas uh, into the ear canals of people who might not normally think about some of the issues that we had that the anti-flag would bring to light, for example, uh, depleted uranium, um, or, or, you know, um, a lot of the, a lot of the issues that we addressed on For Blood and Empire were issues that, they're issues that are now in the mainstream, but when the record came out, they were not in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was specifically, you know, issues about, Bush and Cheney lying about going in, you know, the reasons for invading Iraq and the the amount of money that is spent um, on the military-industrial complex in, in the United States and around the world. So in that respect, I think that RCA has given us a greater platform and it has given us an opportunity to reach more ears. I would much rather RCA spend their money on anti-flag than on American Idol. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're going to spend their money either way. I'd rather them spend their money on us. I'd rather an anti-flag record have an opportunity to take up shelf space in a store than a Toby Keith record. Um, I, I certainly understand the criticisms, and I, I don't think that the criticisms that people have made towards us are invalid. I mean, I've been a part of the punk art community since I was a little boy. I mean, I 
I grew up in it. It's been a family for me. There were a lot. Of, there was a lot of inner conflict in me as to whether signing with RCA was the right thing to do. At, at the time we did it, we felt that it was the best choice in front of us. We felt like it was the right thing to do, and so we moved forward in doing it. At this point, I don't have any regrets. I think that it's played out in a way that we hoped it would. Now we have a second record coming out in RCA. We'll see where things go. One thing I can say that's been great is that everything that we've been able to, that we wanted to put in our records and our music, we've been able to do. And we haven't had any interference from the label, and we've actually had a lot of support from the label. So in that respect, um, I think we've been really lucky. If you could tour with anyone, who would that be? Well, it would be The Clash, because I... I like, there are bands you go on tour with, and, like, you know, some some bands you just don't like. And other bands, like, you kind of like them, and you watch their set sometimes. For me, nowadays, it's very rare that, like, there's a band that I we go out with, and I'm so excited about them that I watch their set every single night. I know that if I toured The Clash, I would watch their set every single night. So Definitely. So it would be The Clash, but that said, I guess my next choice would be Morrissey, because I know I would watch Morrissey's set every single night. I think Morrissey's a genius. And uh, I, I love everything he's done. So, yeah. But I, I don't. I don't know if an anti-flagrant Morrissey bill would really work for me. <laughs> but it would. It would work for me. Yeah. <laughs> if you could choose to see any band reunion, what would that be? Well, I guess that would be the Clash. Too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair how's, that, how's that for a broken record? What was the first CD you ever bought or received? Um. Actually, the first CD I ever bought was an LP, and it was Meet the Beatles. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's because I, I I was around before CDs, so I it was it was a Meet the Beatles uh, LP. I remember I bought it at National Record Mart at the Northway Mall in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And man, that was a good day. The members of Anti Flag have a bunch of nicknames. Where do those come from? You know, pretty much just from being around our local scene in Pittsburgh. I mean, everybody in Pittsburgh had a lo- had a nickname. You know, everybody always thought that I was drunk or high, which was funny because everybody knew I didn't do drugs. You know, so. And we knew I didn't drink. I was always just kind of an odd guy, you know. So and people were like, you're crazy, you're insane, and ended up being just insane. Um, Pat's name was just kind of a joke because some people gave themselves their own punk rock names. Other people had their name kind of put upon them by by their friends. And, um, you know, I think it's still something that goes on to this day. And I, I think it's cool, you know. I think it's just it's a way for people to express themselves a little bit about, you know, just or just have a little fun in individuality. I think that uh, it's something that I always enjoyed about people having, you know, the punk rock nicknames. What would you say your perfect Sunday would be? Lots of ice cream and cookies and, <laughs> like, 15 movies. That's pretty much it. Oh, and, you know, like, my being on a couch in my underwear. Awesome. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> That's a good Sunday. All right, definitely. Okay, cool. Hey, thank you guys so much. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, thank you very much for the interview. No problem. All right, later. Thank you. Later. See ya.